Bienvenidos and welcome to Volume 13, Season 1. We're officially wrapping up the first season of the Dalegas Confidentials. My name is Beto Perez. I'm with your neighborhood DJ. Enrique Chicle Lugo. And man, it's been a fun, fun season. Uh, looks like we're wrapping it up today. And uh, we've had some uh, previous guests who we like to definitely send some shout outs to. Oh, and, uh, yeah. Just kind of do a recap of what we've uh, talked about. I guess who we've had on for uh, season one. Yeah. Uh, and man, it's been it's been a nice adventure. It's been a nice ride. And you know what? I mean, it's gone full circle. It's like a whole year now. Right. And um, who Why have we feel had? longer than that? It feels longer it because feels longer. Yeah. You know what? I think because uh, in March we we had people or guests on a weekly basis yeah uh hence the 12.1 12.2 and and whatnot and uh and it, it was a busy month i mean we were here two weeks ago and when when uh we started the Dalegas confidentials uh what were you guys' goals to doing this the original goal of the Dalegas confidentials was uh to bring to light conversations that that we feel are taboo or we're not comfortable having you know having them at all you know what yeah. i mean Right. Yes, they, but COVID hit and someone put a gun to my head and said, let's fucking get <laughs> kicked the shit off. <laughs> right. Oh, I forgot the PG-13. <laughs> right. Hence the PG-13. But with that said, I mean, we've had great episodes, right? Chicle, I yeah. mean. Who, yeah. I'm just going to go through the, the title of yeah, each volume yeah. and we'll see if y'all remember who right. we had. Yeah. Let's start with so Obviously, one. we started with the intro. Right. right. We talked about what we each did. We uh-huh. learned that Beto was a, once a teacher for like a day. <laughs> I know, right? You know? Be a what, teacher. Was that, uh, now, was that episode pre-COVID or was it right when COVID? No, that was right, right when, when right, like, like yeah. a couple of days or weeks after COVID. Uh-huh, right? right after the shutdown. Yeah. yeah like a yeah. week or two after. And at yeah. that time, we were panicking. We didn't know what was going to happen. We didn't know what we the hell. Doing. Yeah. And, and, I we, mean, were, we were thinking it was going to be like a month, maybe right. two months. Yeah. So I was going to say, a, I want to say we thought it was going to be short term. Right. That was a toilet paper era, right? Yes. Okay. All right. Yeah, <laughs> the people were freaking out. The Battle of the Toilet Papers. Yes, okay. Yeah. And then the second volume we did, uh, volume two, was Chicano Park Day. Right, when it officially got canceled. And, yeah. and we thought, we, we were thinking things were going to get better, but right. but uh, there, there was still the Battle of the Toilet Paper. And this things is were the getting, second year now that the Chicano, uh, the, the Chicano Park is not going to happen. Yeah, is this the second year? Yeah, virtual? this is the second year, yeah. Okay. And that's when, when you all were, you, you guys did something like, you DJed and you streamed it live right around that time too, no? We started streaming live uh, at, at La Vuelta for La Vuelta, which was right after Chicano Park Day. That's right, right after. Because La Vuelta always starts the Wednesday after, so we did the the 420 tribute. Damn. Remember that? We're that was right around sick. the corner from 420 now. Yeah, so uh, Chicano Park Day is not happening again, unfortunately, but we can definitely try and do that. Talking about streaming, I've been getting all my videos canceled now. So oh, I get no all way. these emails, right? Why? Because of the music copyright. Oh yeah, me too. Oh, yeah, yeah. Me too. but it's like fuck. It's been over a year. Give it up. You know what I mean? Stop playing yeah. detective. Damn. <laughs> Somebody out there reporting it. I right? know, right? It's funny. And then the next volume we had, volume three, was graduation. Yeah, Ooh. with Perse- was Jose Luis from Perseverance. Yeah, Perseverance. Yeah, yeah. that was uh, he had just recently graduated right. from uh, university, and uh, we had that conversation about being a COVID student. Right. Yeah. And we it's touched base with him recently too. He's doing good. Yes, he, he's doing good. We saw him. Yeah. And then volume four, we had military life. Con el commander. The commander. From La Vuelta oh and the shop over in Barrio Logan. Yeah. Bro, he taught, he taught us a lot. He, man, he, yeah. uh, he, he, you know, he educated us on the struggles and things that we don't see unless we're in the military. Right. Yeah. yeah. 
definitely. And then we had volume five, Growing Up Lowrider. Growing Up Lowrider. Who do we have on that one? That yeah, was uh, René. El René, el compa René. El compa René, yes. That one was a fun episode. He was, uh, he was, uh, we were talking T-ball, we were talking about cars, talking about coffee, yeah. neighborhood stories, his dad stories, because he's got a lot of fun. Oh, man, stories. his dad is <laughs> in Carrilla. But you know what? Thanks to them, I'm, I'm part of Viejitos. And, and thanks to him and, and his crew at Esquina, we have a place to, yes. you know, call home base, call the office. And uh, here we are today, right? Yeah. I know the first two were over at Project Rio, and that's when, you know, yeah. everything was completely shut down. Uh, but, yeah, we have the home base now here with, with, with Compa René. And then we had volume six, which is today the the one that's been listened to the most, and that was Surviving Suicide. Surviving Suicide oh, wow. with, with, yeah. with uh, our good friend GPA. Yeah. Yeah, that was, uh, it, it hit home for a lot of people. Yes, they, I was at a car show over the weekend. And, that's right. You know, and, and they were bringing, you know, suicide awareness and, and mental health. And Was he a, was he a part of that? And no, he wasn't, and uh, but it just... I'm glad that they did it. I, I, the support that the people that came out and how they were having these conversations at a car show is like of all places, you know, because normally you're talking about paint jobs and hydros and music. And, you know, what I mean, they, yeah. they were having these these hardcore conversations that people normally don't want to have because they feel it's taboo. Right. That's right. Yeah. Then after that, we had volume eight, Doctora Chingona. Doctora yeah. Chingona, La Fabi, from La Conchitas Fabi. con Atole, right? Our, our co-host for the month of March. Yeah, she's I'll amazing. I'll never forget uh, that she educated on us. To, uh, what is it? Uh, te vas o te pego? Or what? Uh, I can't. Uh, top of te calmas o te pego? Te calmas o te calmo? Uh-huh, yeah. te, te calmo, yes, te calmo. Yes, man. She educated yeah. on us. I, dude, I'll never look at that the same. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Definitely. And after that, we have Volume Nine, the connection. The connection, right? Who, who was on the, the connection? That's um, Ruben Torres. Oh, yeah, la come oh, on. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you skipped one. Mm, which one? You skipped. Uh, you skipped. Um, you Pito skipped Perez for your skinny mujeres. Oh wait, Pito Perez. Yeah, I skipped Volume Seven. You see yeah. yeah. Who is volume seven? Who is volume seven? Lucky seven. Uh, I don't know me. Cali Burrito. Cali, yeah. Mr. Cali. Who's, who is Cali Burrito? Más guapo de los guapos de todo el mundo que tiene su propio corrido que nunca escuchado. El pipiripao. That was good. And you know what? Thank you for enlightening us on 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 your personal story, dude. I never. That's actually the first time I actually ever talked. Yeah, and and you know what? A lot of people that I've talked to and and even people sent me messages, but in person. They were like, wow, we didn't know it was like that. And For real, I didn't get no messages. They're intimidated. And, <laughs> and, and then, but the, most importantly, they were like thankful that you shared information that, that people don't normally hear about. Right? Yeah, yeah. When it comes to immigration and and Dude, we're still documents. dealing with that today. They, yeah. uh, they said that with the first hundred years, we were supposed to get taken care of. And no, no papi Biden. No, no nada, ni mais. No, no. <laughs> ni mais. Not yet. Not Hold on, baby. <laughs> nice. Sorry about who, who that. Mask of two episodes. Yeah, hey, who who came bro. who came after the connect though? After Ruben from Love Thy Neighbor. That was volume ten. Yeah. El cool dean. El cool dean. Damn. AK. <laughs> oh. AK. Oh, cheater. <laughs> 
Yeah, hey, when we say cheater, we don't say cheater like he cheats on his wife or nothing. No. He cheats on with. We just say that joking yeah. around, you know, because he has a whole other podcast that he yeah. loves way more than the other right. ones. No, he, he does. It. It's fun. It's a handsome guy. He so leaves us hanging. <laughs> he leaves us hanging because he goes above and beyond on all the other stuff that he does. Yeah, but, dude. But we appreciate what you do, Chicle, and thank you for being that great educator. Chicle is the Chicle. For being that great <laughs> artist and, and for doing everything you do, even if you cheat on us. El Chicle, el chicle pega todo. El Chicle. Hey. Anda pegando Chicle. Thank you for being uh, forgiving. <laughs> for being carrillas. Always, man. And then we had, that's when we hit March. Yes. Right? Our second round of March. So that's technically a year. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we were coming close to a year. Right. The first episode launched March 31st. That's right. Right. And right. this at the year end. in March, we had volume 11.1 with the Hood Therapist. With the Hood Therapist. Yeah. She's amazing uh, with... Uh, with, girl from the barrio. Yes, with, with Miss Billings. She had just gotten her job, so now I think she's in month two of, of being a therapist, a full-on therapist, and she's doing great work out there in the community. Hell yeah. Yeah. And then we had 11.2, La Activista. La Activista, La Joni. And you know what? Yeah. She was just she was just on the Rhodium Radio with Tony A. Uh, over, uh, was it over the weekend? On hey, Sunday, she so, shot us out. She shot us out. She got all. Beat, she though. did shout us out. No way, nice. bro. She did. She sh- she shouted out Dale Gas and and uh, the Vinyl Thon. Most importantly, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, dude, yeah that's so uh, if you guys uh, does she play records too? Monday is she playing records too? No, she she he brought her on board so she could uh, talk about uh, Chicano activism and nice and whatnot. So they they go into deep. It's like it's a long conversation where they took breaks, but. Um, Check it out. It's, it's episode 151, I okay. believe, All right. with right Tony on. A. Yeah, and then after that, we had Doctora Rebelde. Doctora Rebelde. Berenice Vadillo, art therapist, muralist, muralist. Chicano Park. She's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Hey, I remember that episode because <laughs> you said something about women, and then she, like, broke it down. Yeah. Who said like, that? Like, lectured us. Remember that? Uh-huh. Who said that? I hope it probably was I think, me. I, uh, my, no, I think I'm it was something that Wicho mentioned. I, I said so. I can't remember what I said, but, yeah, she br- really broke it down. And I wasn't trying to be disrespectful. It was just part of the conversation. And Well, she and, just said that, you know, it can seem like men may be afraid that uh-huh. women might come and outshine us and, right. and show us what's up. And, yeah, I appreciated that. Right. Because I, I think having two doctoras. Yes. On our on our podcast, like representing for all the ladies and, and especially right. the young ladies, right? Yes. The youth. Yeah. Of what was possible and, and what they can achieve. And maybe she's right, man. Maybe we've been a little <laughs> scared of like sharing Don't be the scared. Them. That was a, the, <laughs> doc, the doc doc. The, you're not right. Don't be scared. But yeah. yeah, she was good. And then after that, we had volume 12.1, La Pink Chicana Poet. Oh, Another man, doctora awesome. in the making. That's right. Yeah. Bro, we've yeah, had like technically all the doctoras in California join us. Because yeah. they Pretty said that much. it was 0. .001%. Yeah, yeah. that's wild, right? Yeah. That's what she said. Point, yeah. I, I thought it was higher, but she said 0. zero yeah, or .001. Yeah, like .1% Latino or 1% Latino. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then so we technically got for three. The, for the, the woman. Ladies, yeah. yeah, for the ladies. Yeah. And you know what's cool? We have another friend, uh, Diana Cornejo Sanchez, who mm-hmm. who's about to become a, a doctora as well. So. Uh. I feel like and, pretty and blessed to know so many. Yeah. Because you know, I didn't realize. Yeah. What, what these like, episodes so. are going to go a long way, bro. Imagine like 40 years from now, we can hear these stories like, you know them? Like, uh, yeah. The pioneers. <laughs> They're like, I've got her books. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. And That's then amazing. we had our last episode was 12.2 
community tía. La community tía. Oh, no, yeah. Señorita Nora Vargas. She was a lot of fun, actually. Dude, she yeah, was. Fun. Yeah, Dude, and she was wasn't expecting it. And she was just like. Episode. She's probably used to like uptight like interviews. interviews. Yeah. yeah. And we like broke the ice yeah. for sure. She's she like, hold on. Let me let my hair <laughs> loose on this one. <laughs> right. But it, it was cool having her, man. It was, it was, and uh, I'm glad she's she's very busy right now with uh, with all that's going on throughout not just the city and the county, but throughout the nation. Yeah, yeah. she's, and, she's uh, busy with the with the kids at the with, convention center, right. and then the she really pushes for the for the community for the vaccines. Yeah, too. yeah, that's she's what, she's super active. Right now, yeah. They're all badass women. Everybody, yeah. yeah. Everybody we had on that episode, man, has some sort of influence uh, in the city, the world, on us. Like it's kind of right. Weird. And and if they haven't had it, they're having it, you know. And uh, like Joni, that was on the Rhodium Radio over the weekend, I I told her, I go, thank you for sharing the knowledge that's been shared w- to you and with yeah. you, because you know what I mean. It's like she's not officially a teacher, but she was giving some cool lessons on there. You know what I mean? Some cool history lessons, and I mean she was talking about food and the histories behind it. She was talking about you know what I mean uh, colonialism, and she was talking about you know. Aztec and Mayans and you know and, and different stuff that really educated people and I saw some of the comments and it's amazing how she like really opened up and and informed the world of her knowledge and right? she's so quiet yeah. too right? and she's so like, quiet yeah and she of a mic. right yeah. yeah those were all great those were yeah. all that so that wraps up uh season one now we're at volume 13 uh with that said man uh we're kicking it off or we're closing it up wrapping it up with yeah. uh with Weecho, the neighborhood dj and uh, we're gonna put you on the hot seat it's yeah. your turn can i stand up yeah so uh Weecho, man What's we don't up, even man? know where do we start with you bro you have a lot of history in the city a yeah. lot of influence on the kids uh you are a dad a community activist uh a car enthusiast uh Maestro, counselor, tío, uh, todo, bro. A little bit of everything, but, you know, uh, shit before. Were you ever a pollero? Ah, were you ever a pollero? Because <laughs> hey. we had that one there, too. No, hey. <laughs> I got a story. I got a couple stories for you. I'm going to give you one that's not too incriminating. All right? But, I was kidding, but all right. <laughs> but, uh, so, I, <laughs> before, I, before, I go, before I go into the story, I want to thank you guys because when, uh, when I uh, when I talked to you guys and I you know I threw out the idea you, right away you guys jumped on board I mean like like I you guys didn't even let me ask the question of can you be part of it you know you were like I'm fucking down what do we do hell yeah and then and then March hit COVID hit and you guys started blowing up my phone and we're like we got to do this shit now yeah we got to do it now and here we are a year later 13 episodes later and we're doing the thing and it's it's people have really uh, been involved have really let us know what what they liked what what they thought uh they've given us names of who maybe we could invite long story short i appreciate it i appreciate you guys and gracias for jumping on board oh, because yeah, yeah, i couldn't man. do it alone honestly thank I couldn't you do it alone but um going to that boyero story <laughs> i <laughs> never did one story. but I, I i had a i have a homeboy his his familia used to be a a drop house Right, so he wouldn't cross people over the border. People would arrive to his his house, and it was a, a destination point. Would you say that was common in the nineties? Yeah, okay. and it's still common. There's still drop houses. Yeah. So there's different levels of pollero. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm not gonna really break it down, but what he would do is you would get there, and then he would facilitate for you to go wherever you wanted to. Right. If you want to go to New York, Chicago, Florida, L.A., so you could be at his house for a day or a month. Oh. Or two months, you know what I mean, and um, 
so whenever they were ready to be moved, right, like if they were going up north, you know, a couple of times, he was like, Sasuke, here's 100 bucks. I'll fill up your tank. Besides the 100 bucks, drive up north. Page me because it's pager time. Yeah. You know what I mean? 90s. Page me with this number. If it's open, page me with this number if they're checking. So I would take a drive up, up the five or up the 15, depending which way he was going to go. Oh, wow. And then as soon as I could get over, you know, and I'd hit that pager number and I was heading back home. That's so 100 bucks and a free full tank of gas for an hour of my life. That's crazy. You know what I mean? But hey, hey, that, that stuff in the 90s was real, though, man. I yeah. grew up in San Isidro. I was living in San Isidro. And sometimes, you know, we you would took see people. We, they were crossing, running right? through. Yeah, yeah they were running through. Out. And uh, we would be like, hey, man, you need to take a shower. You want some food? You yeah. know, and that's just what it was. It was yeah. that we just helped each other out. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, granted, he was making money, but he would take care of him. Like he would feed him. I mean, li- there was literally shootouts in that alley because se, se lo roban, you know, polleros steal them away from other polleros. And they would show up. And unfortunately, these people don't know who's who. And they would just say, hey, vamonos. You know, they'd hop on the van or whatever car it was. And next thing you know, like, what happened to so-and-so? And they're like, well, he hopped in a van. And, you know, a couple of times they you were You never knew them. what happened to them, right? Huh? And sometimes you never know what happened to yeah. them after. And, and that's lost money because, you know I mean? They don't pay you everything until they make their final destination. Oh, wow. So you did make some money, but not the full amount, right? So you housed them, you, you, you fed them, you, you know, you had a roof over their head. And now they still owe, you know what I mean? And somebody stole them. And, and that's crazy. That's crazy. Living... On the border, man. Yeah, it's crazy. We, yeah, we uh, people don't know. P- yeah. yeah, people don't know that. You yeah. go, you go to like North Carolina. You go to like Alabama, those places, and you tell people like, "Hey, what's really going on?" Yeah. Uh, and and they're like, "Really? Oh my God, you need a passport?" Yeah. Like, yeah. I was just gonna tell you that my my <laughs> wife works with with you know she's a teacher and she works her one of her coworkers. Yeah. Is from like the Midwest, and she's still can't comprehend why the fuck do we need a passport to come in, right? Yeah. And my wife has tried to explain to her, you know, that after 9-11, it was required. Yeah. She's tried to explain to her that, you know, the political reasons, she tried to explain, you know, the racist reasons and just the, you know, the common sense reasons, which is you go to any other country, they're going to ask you for a passport. She she can't comprehend it. She can't get it. Yeah, she's like, I go to TJ all the time, and I just come back and say, you a citizen, they let me go through. Yeah, That hasn't like, happened since before. Remember that? Yeah. I, used Man, to be I like, haven't been able to do that since. Bro, it's it's crazy. Uh, so, all right, with your old man, we started off on a funny note, but yeah. all, with all serious, uh, yeah. where are you from? Where did you grow up? Like, give us your background, man. Tell us who Wicho who is. So, Juan, is it Juan El Flores? Así es. Is it Juan José or Juan, Juan Luis? Luis. Uh, dude, me tocayo, bro. Tocayo. Luis is my first yeah. name, too. Oh, you, got, you got a novella name, bro. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that's funny. <laughs> that, that, re- that reminded me of Juan of, Luis. Of a story when la casa. <laughs> <laughs> Don't forget the second last name. Oh, shit. I know. But yeah, uh, I was born here in San Diego, and uh, we, did, we did live in TJ for a little bit, for a couple years. But then we came back, and um, I think it was like 76 or so, and um, lived in on 32nd and Martin which is in Logan Heights, and um, in 81, my dad lost his job, and he, he was doing multiple jobs, you know, trying to, you know, make ends meet, working painting, gardening. Uh, at one point, he was working three jobs officially, and so the overnight or the, the graveyard shift was at Target doing the maintenance, and it was fun. My, my brother would make fun of him. He would, like, 
like family would be over and be like, oh, yeah, this is my dad, this is my dad. And he'd come out with a paint suit, right? And then he'd run back in the room. They'd come out with the guardian suit. And then, and I thought it was fucked up. Yeah. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. everybody would get a, a laugh at it. And you know what I mean? I just thought it was like, man, you're disrespecting my dad. He's trying to feed five of us or, you know, six. You know, and my mom was still working. So that was like four incomes. And um, we, did li- we did the reverse Mexican thing in 84 or which 85. Is which is... You know, typically Mexicans migrate to the United States for, for a job, for, you know, a better life. And um, I think it was 85 when, when my dad left in 84. So we have family down in, in Loreto, Baja California. Man, it's beautiful, though. Yeah, it's, it's a beautiful town. And um, my aunt was working for Auto Mexico, and they, they were looking for a bag man. And at the same time, my grandfather wanted to open a restaurant, like an American-style restaurant, like donuts, coffee, hamburgers, hot dogs. Oh, wow. And um, so my dad left with my little brother, started building a house, started uh, working for Auto Mexico, started opening the restaurant, and then we left. And when I said the reverse Mexican thing, he wanted to find a good-paying job that was one job, not ten of them. Yeah. Number one. Number two, he was trying to take us away from the street life. Uh, I was still young. I was still like six or seven. Where were you guys living at that time? We were living in Logan. And, you know, they were trying to avoid from us, you know, getting involved in gangs and whatnot. And um, so we left. My oldest brother was already 18, so he stayed behind. Um, the twins only lasted about a week or two, and they were 15, and they told my dad, I'm going back to San Diego, whether you like it or not. So they came back with my older brother. I ended up doing fifth. Sixth, seventh, and part of the eighth grade came back in '89, and it's a trip because uh, when people talk about being discriminated or, or you know racism, I tell them that you don't understand racism until you get it from your own kind. And yeah. um, as a Mexican, dude, you're loved as a visitor when you go to Mexico. But once you say I'm moving over here, they see you in a whole different way. And really, yeah, and Is it was competition like, or what? They feel that you're there to take their land. They feel that you're there to take their their gold, their oil, their women. And it was like, I, I was el pinche gabacho, el, el del otro lado, pinche güero, el gringo. You know what I mean? And um, but they were cool with you prior to all that. Prior to that, yeah, because I had cousins living down there. So when we would go and visit, I would hang out with her friends. But you know what I mean? As I moved down there, you know. I was a fifth grader. They, you know, I was literally averaging two fights a week for like the first month. Wow. Damn. You know, until I pulled out a knife on someone and almost stabbed them in the face. After that, everybody was cool. You know what I mean? And and it was like <laughs> that's what you're. That's all it took. Damn. You know what I mean? I was like, fuck! I should have done that the first time because you know I I did catch some ass whoopings. You know what I mean? You win some, you lose some, yeah. and you know what I mean. You know, sometimes you got cheap shotted and whatnot, and it's like being in fifth grade, thinking everybody's gonna be cool with you. You know what I mean? But uh, fast forward to 89, we come back because by then Auto Mexico went bankrupt. So my dad loses that job. The restaurant was going good, but the town lives off of tourism. So that started going downhill. And um, my parents said, Sasuke, vamonos para atrás. The other boys are over there anyways. We come back. I get introduced to the class at, at Memorial by the council house. We have a new student from Mexico, and I'm the fucking wetback and del pollo. Mm. You know what I mean? And did you know English at this time? Yeah. But they just... Yeah, I mean, like, I did first through fourth here, kinder yeah. through fourth. So, uh, you know what I mean? Uh, I was like, what the fuck? It's like, I can't catch a break. You know what I mean? And so at lunchtime, I got out, and I looked for my friend, my old friends. A lot of them were already homies. And 
you know, I just started hanging out with them. And eventually I, I did become from the neighborhood. I got jumped in. And I'm not going to blame those people that were teasing me. I think it was just destined to be. And as much as my parents tried to avoid it, I mean, literally moving us to a whole different country, you know, I still did it. And who knows, maybe I would have done it regardless or I would have gotten caught up in other stuff. But Were your brothers also involved? Uh, to certain levels. Some of them, not all of them. But to certain levels. Um, but I, uh, I remember vividly my dad would tell me, because when I came back, you know, I wasn't jumped in yet, and uh, I was watching a movie that was, I think I was watching Colors, and he would, he would tell me, if you ever get involved that, you got to leave the house, te me largas o te and, you know, eventually I got jumped in, and uh, they started seeing the changes, and eventually I told, I, I told them, you know what I mean, I'm leaving, because, you know, you told me either you leave or, you, or you're going to strangle me, you know what I mean, and, but they chose to support me. Now, I must, when, they, when I say that to support me, that didn't mean that they were buying me guns and bullets. And, <laughs> you know what I mean? But what they said is like, okay, you, you already did it, and my dad understands what goes behind that. And he says, we're not going to let you just go down the drain. Yeah. We're going to be here with you, and we're going to support you so that you can you know, be a productive citizen. And uh, to this day, they, they help me out. You know what I mean? They, they provide that support, whatever it is. Um, many, thing, many things have changed throughout my life. Uh, for example, low riding, they used to hate it. And even when I joined the club, and I was already 20 in my early 20s, and, you know, they said, that's his men, so that's another gang. And um, because that's how they saw it. That's how it's stigmatized, right? It's crazy, right? But as my parents, you know, saw that what the club was really about and what low riding is really about, is like, now they'll show up to my functions, you know, and support full blast. And, you know, I could have gang members from all different neighborhoods, but my parents will still come out and support me because of what I'm involved in, right? And uh, because they know I'm not out there trying to create chaos. Yes, they. But, you know, at that point I was, you know, I was in my teens, and all I would see was making it to 18 and proving them wrong because people were like, you're going to die, you're going to end up in jail, you're going to end up a dropout. So uh, I purposely graduated from high school just to prove everyone wrong. And then uh, I was 18. I was like, all right, I made it to 18. Yes, there. I had worked here and there, different things. I did. I was working at a shop with, with Sal Manzano. Shout out to Sal. Um, speedy recovery, brother. You know, I mean, he's, he's not doing too well, but I'm sure he's going to pull through. And he taught me, you know, it, I was, I've always been into cars, and I wanted to paint. And he taught me how to paint, how to shoot candies. But I realized that that's not what I want to do. Started working for the school systems just by chance. And... Um, here I am, a school counselor. A lot has, ha has happened between there. But just like when I was just projecting life till 18, after that I just kind of just projected it to live, to buy, be able to buy my first legal beer. You know what I mean, 21. Yeah. And, um, and then after that I just kind of took it by baby steps. Well, we joined, what, yeah. uh, what, uh, uh, what made you want to like get, uh, be a part of a neighborhood? Like, was it for protection? Was it because it was a cool thing to do? Or was it because it was homies? Or it, it, You know what? It, it, was, it, was not, it, it was just the fact that these were friends that I literally grew up in, like friends from diapers, literally. You know what I mean? Yeah. And even they, like, a few of them even, even told me that you don't have to get jumped in. Oh, we're all cool. You should kick it with us. But um, I just felt it was the right, the right thing to do. You know what I mean? Yeah. And um, I think that people who get jumped in nowadays, it's a lot different. Uh, I know for a fact back then they weren't recruiting, like they weren't actively recruiting. Like you hear these stories where like 
oh, a kid was being recruited to get jumped in the neighborhood, and since he refused, they killed him. You know what I mean? But nowadays, you see a lot more people snitching. And it was more of a brotherhood. Yeah. It was people growing up. It was literally families with growing up with other families, and it became this brotherhood. And that's kind of why I did it. You know, not because I felt I needed to be a part of something, not because I was growing up in a, in a, in a single-parent home. I mean, both my parents were there. I mean, I was, it was a choice I made. How did you explain to your parents when you got jumped in? Because that wasn't easy, right? It, you know, so I'll never forget I got jumped in on 4th of July, 1990. And uh, why does all the drama always happen on Fourth of July? <laughs> because everybody's drinking, cruising. People get pregnant on Fourth of July. They lose their virginities <laughs> that day. People are like, "Bro, it's uh, every crazy story always Fourth of July." <laughs> I, I just re- I remember it vividly because of the day, because it was that holiday. Yesterday, I ended up with a black eye, and um, so my mom asked me, "She's like, ¿Qué te pasó?" And sadly enough, I blamed it on a negrito. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know, people would steal somebody's stereo, like ah. But it's probably a negrito, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I just so I got into a fight with a negro. You know, I, I wasn't ready to tell her straight up. And um, that was 4th of July, and I really started going downhill. And by then, it's like December-ish. You know what I mean? Within six months, it was like fucking bad. You know All what drama. Mean? All drama. I had gotten arrested at school, borderline getting kicked out. Um, I was drinking, all kinds of stuff. And so my, my deals came to the house. I was next door with my homeboy. And my mom came over and she caught me. We were, you know, drinking and doing some what's now legal. We were smoking marijuana and stuff. And, you know, she brought she brought me home and I knew I was just going to get it. I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm, I'm just going to tell him. So I wrote a letter. I bounced. Uh, I ended up getting stupid drunk. And so my homeboy's mom came and told him, hey, Sasuke, your son's over there. So they're like, nah, he's asleep. They go in my room. They see the letter. They, you know, they, they brought me back home. I don't remember much, you know, but the next day my dad got home from work and, you know, he's like, he talked to me. He's like, hey, I I read your letter. And I told him, right, that on the letter that you had said that you didn't want me around because if I ever got jumped in, so I was leaving. And he said, well, you you already did it. You can't back out of it. Um, You got to live with it. We're going to help you to live through it. And like I said, to this day, if you guys come to my house, you know, my mom lives in the back, and if you, we're on the street and you look like a homeboy, or even if you don't, she'll come out, she'll give me a hug, and she'll introduce herself to you, and then she'll probably ask the kids or my wife, hey, do you know that guy? Who is he? And then, you know, she'll ask you who you are, what you're about, because she's still looking over me, you know what I mean? And, yeah. and I appreciate that, you know what I mean? And, um, and your parents are still together. How many years have they been together? 50? 50, 50 uh, oh, man, I was trying. Like, 54? You did their 50th anniversary. Yeah, 50th anniversary, bro. They, yeah. Man, that's so, that's so awesome. 50, you don't hear of, like, stories like that nah. anymore, you and, know? You know, they've had their ups and downs, and, you know, I, I give them credit because they were never shy to talk to the family or friends about the troubles they would have with me or my brothers, you know what I mean? And I, I hated it at the time, but now having these conversations, I understand it, right? Because, you know, um, and this is something that eventually I'm going to talk to you, Chiclet, but you know how they say it takes a village, mm-hmm. right? Well, I got something brewing in my head. Híjole. You know what I mean? But that, that's for a later day. Pero este, you know, I would go to the tias and they'd be like, portate bien. Y no, te han, no te han corrido a la escuela. You know, they were like checking on me. Yeah. That's what they were doing because my mom or my dad would share with them the troubles that, you know, not with full details, but, you know what I mean? I think they weren't ashamed and I think they needed a bent. And there was those tias and those neighbors that were like, hey, portate bien. 
ya te miré y que no andas haciendo eso, ya miré que rayaste la pared, and, you know what I mean? And, <laughs> and it's like, I felt the shame, and, I, and sometimes I would walk away, but now I understand it. Yep. And I, appreci- and I appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. crazy, man. So you did that, now now you're in the neighborhood, and then uh, you graduate. Now you graduate. What right. got you into teaching? What got you into the school system? Because you said it kind of was by luck, right? Yeah. Um, so... Like well, I, what was your first job actually? Can I tell, can we guess what your first job was? So my very first job was actually DJing. Um, I started. What DJing, year and what age? I was like fourteen. It was around eighty nine, like right when when I came back. Um, uh, my brother was dating this girl, and her brother w- was a DJ, and I started hanging out with him. Yeah, he started kicking me off some money, so, you know, when I would help him. So I bought my first uh, setup. I think it was like in eighty nine, summer of eighty nine. Or the fall of 89, because actually I was up in Norwalk that summer. But este, I started DJing just for the family, and it was just kind of like a hobby. And eventually, like when I got jumped into the neighborhood, I started doing parties for them. And my mom would hate it, and sometimes I would sneak out. Like they would come pick up my equipment. I would go set it up, and then I would leave like at 9 or 10. I would just bounce, and I would go DJ. And sometimes she would show up, and she'd be like, what the hell are you doing over here? Like she would, <laughs> she would look for me like two, three in the morning in the alleys. You know what I mean? My homeboys not Korean because she would come over and cuss them out, and you know, bless her soul. You know what I mean? She, I mean, she was doing the right thing, and they would tell me, "Sasuke, we get the fuck out of here, homes." You know, well, I don't, I, we don't need your mom cussing us out. Your mom's yeah. a burn. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? She's quemando el canton. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yes, este, but that was my first job. By the time I was in high school, I had a, I had a contract with a Memorial Junior High. And I was doing all their dances. So I would probably... So you were already professionally doing it professionally. Yeah. I had a contract that every dance they had, they had to call me. So I was pulling in 150 bucks like every other month or so. Wow. And then... uh, 150 bucks in the 80s is a lot. Yeah. Yes. So my first job besides that was working at a taco shop, believe it or not, called L.A. Bob's. In San Diego? In San Diego. Wow. It was owned by... Are you sure it wasn't La Bob's? (laughs) La Bob's. It was L.A. Bob's. I don't know. It was owned by a gringo. And uh, cool dude, it was that it was on the corner of Woodman and Paradise Valley Road where the P- uh, Blockbuster P- used P- to be. Yeah, yeah, right there in PH. Wow. And it was a trip, you know what I mean? But that was my first official job. Um, so then, how did you get into the school system, and how did you so af- teach? So after I graduated, I uh, I wasn't working for a while, and my I mean I was out of school already, and I was just kind of just partying it up, kind of started going downhill again. And my dad said, "Hey, you, you know you can't be living like this here." You can go to school and we'll support you. You can get a job or, you know, you're going to have to go on your own. And my brother was working there as a, at Memorial as a security. And they were looking for a part-time health clerk, which was basically just a filer in the nurse's office, part-time. So I took the job and then... Um, were you rolling up with like big old dickies, bro? And yeah, yeah. my 501s, my Ben Davis shirts. And they were <laughs> tripping? They weren't tripping, huh? Wow. And, you know, I still I still roll up to work with my 501s and my Pendletons. You know what I mean? I, I, I It's who I am. You know yeah. what I mean? Uh, stay, but I do. I will dress for the occasion. You know what I mean? I'll wear ties and dress pants because I think that is necessary that as a professional, regardless of your profession, you dress for the occasion. Even if you're into a mechanic and you're going to have an interview, then you dress accordingly. You don't have to wear a suit, but you dress clean and appropriate, yeah. right? You stay. So I started working there. And two years later, somebody that was working in the dropout prevention left. So they asked me if I could fill the job till the end of the year. I did it, and um, 
at the end of the year, they offered me the position. And a year later uh, is when I realized this is what I want to do. I want to work with students. I want to work with the community. I want to work with the kids. And um, I still wasn't sure exactly what I wanted to do, but I continued working. I started going to college, just getting general ed classes here and there on a part-time basis. And um, eventually, the school became a charter school, and it allowed me to do other things. They allowed me to work, uh, you know, run their summer schools and whatnot. And by, by the early 2000s, that's when I realized I want to be a school counselor. But I hadn't completed my BA nor credential nor nothing, so um, I, was work I was going to school with my wife or girlfriend at the time, and we took a few courses at City College, and I couldn't do it. So I told her, do your thing. When you're done, I'll come back and do my thing. And I was bluffing. But she called my bluff, you know what I mean? And by then, I was kind of thinking about it. But her calling my bluff made me really say, fuck it, I'm going back. I pulled the trigger on it, went, got my BA in criminal justice administration. And like I said, I was already, already had the concept that I want to be a school counselor. Uh, so I finished, started doing all the paperwork. And I started taking a course here and there, and then I kind of, for the masters, and I kind of got burnt out. Um, I ended up taking a counseling job by chance because they left and they couldn't hire no one. And then I went back, continued my master's uh, program, and then I ended up being a vice principal. Wow! I was nice. offered the principalship, and I chose not to take it. I declined it. Uh, because, you know, I humbly declined it because I, I didn't feel right having the that position without the paperwork, nor did I want to put the school in jeopardy in a lawsuit. So uh, I just declined it. They hired someone, but that night they hired someone. They called me and said, we hired a, someone that's never done it, so we're going to create a position for you. Nice. We don't, it's basically a vice principal position. You have all those skills and the, the knowledge. We want you to be their support person. How many years after this uh, was this job offered after you started like working in the school system? This was, by then, I was, let's see, this was in 2007, 8. So this was, what, um, like 15 years later, maybe? Something wow. like that. Um, so, I mean, a lot had, had, had happened. I had worked custodial. I had done security. I had done counseling. I had done the dropout prevention. I had taught a, a, a class on, on, on model cars. I had done the DJ club. So a lot had happened, you know what I mean? Yeah. I had left to another school. I had came back. And so now here I am. The official title was director of operations, but in, in, in a nutshell, I was a vice principal. And I did that for two years. And then um, I knew that the school was going to close down. It was a charter. So I got back on track, started finish up, finishing up my master's. And then uh, after that, I had to leave because the school shut down. Uh, and uh, I ended up at an elementary as, a, as an admin assistant where I met Doctora Chingona from Conchitas Conatole. Wow. And um, she inspired me. I had already paused again on my master's, but she inspired me when she went back to finish her, her PhD. And so I jumped on it. And uh, I took one last break in 2013 when my last uh, kid was born. Um, I was taking courses, and I was probably like five courses away. And, um, but I said, I'm going to take a break because she's going to be born. I want to make sure everything's fine. I want to ha spend yeah. time with her and things didn't go as planned. So I ended up taking a break like for a year and a half, but I still went back, finished my master's in educational counseling and got my PPS credential, which is the counseling credential, 
in 2016. And uh, here I am now working as a school counselor in National City at, at Rancho de la Nacion and Lincoln Acres. And, and you're done yeah, with yeah. your master's. I'm done with my master's. Fully, I'm fully done. I, I don't need to go to school other than just for professional growth. But I, I are you, you going to get your Ph.D.? I I've <laughs> contemplated. And while I was like on a roll with my uh, master's, I, I was really wanting to. Um, and I'm 50 50 on it right now. I did get burnt out. And uh, there's other things that I want to work on. But who knows? I mean, you I, never know. I, 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 you never know, and I consider myself a lifelong learner. You know what I mean? That's right. At this point, everything. I, I, I today I'm, I learned something new from a kid while while doing my lessons. He taught me how to do the Kahoot thing. You know what I mean? Oh, nice. I, you know, I've never. My daughters do it because of work. What's Kahoot? It's a program where you do. It's a it's a trivia game, right? Yeah. And you get points and whatnot. So it's 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 like a brain game. You know what I mean? On the computer, on the internet. And I, I like, I didn't know that you could create it, you could build it, however you could customize it. So a kid taught me that today. Mm, you know what I mean? So it was like, I'm a lifelong learner. And I always tell the kids, and even the parents and the teachers, whoever I work with, I'm here to learn with you. Yep. You know what I mean? Because I, I always say it here on our podcast, I'm the professional, I'm not the expert. So if I haven't lived it, I can't say that I have that experience. Right. Yeah. So, so I can't say I'm the expert, right? But uh, yes, bro. So we know you for uh, being part of the school system. We know you for being active in the community, uh, doing tons of stuff. Uh, one other thing that we really know you for, uh, you know, DJing is one of them also. Right. But low riding has been, ever since I've known uh, Weecho, it's always like low rider, low rider, <laughs> man. Right. Uh, what got you into low riding? Uh, you know what? Funny story. But I don't want to. I don't want to sound like the Chicano Park story. But like back in 1970, <laughs> but back in 1979, when we moved to the house that I live in now, yeah, um, my I I was like four or five or going. I can't something like that. What I do remember is making that right turn. We were driving on 30th. My dad made the right turn on Logan Avenue to go to get to the house. And the first thing that caught my eye was this like 72 or 73 Impala. Parked on the street with Supremes and 520s. And at that time, it was pretty much a brand new car. Yeah. It was like a 72, 72. Yeah. So I mean, it wasn't even 10 years old. And how, was, how rare was it to see a lowrider during that time? That, that was my first recollection of a lowrider ever. You know what I mean? I, if I had seen one. With hydraulics, everything? Uh, I, it, that one had air shocks. But um, so it, it was my neighbor. And it, he was only in high school. He was like 15, 16. You know what I mean? Damn. And then a, a, a couple years later, he gets a, a Caprice, like a glass house, and then he gets a 64. And by then, now he's really hooking them up with hydraulics. And, uh, and then I think it was like an 80 or 81. I mean, like it all evolved fast, right? An 80 or 81 um, Ragtops uh, was created, the club. And he became a member of Ragtops. And he built one of the most, uh, till this day, in, in my mind, one of those more, most uh, iconic cars for that era i mean full which car was out. that which car it, it was, that? was a 72 impala convertible and uh it was blue was patterned out benny flores and sal manzano painted that i mean resin flake the plush interior chrome undercarriage i mean full on sound system i mean this is like like i said in 8081 like people but weren't doing like they weren't doing that yet no they were doing little things here and there but not full on and i mean and, and mind you not he was still like in high school or maybe had just graduated and uh, I became good friends with his cousins, and I mean, one of his cousins, we became like road dogs. 
And uh, they were from the neighborhood. They were all from the neighborhood. I mean, his primos were obviously my age, and we all became from the neighborhood. But uh, I'm trying to Google that Impala. I can't find it. You can't find it? It's 72 Impala or 72 Caprice. I mean, este, so like every other weekend, it was like a car show on my block because everybody from Ragtiles would hang out there. And then obviously they would talk to the, to the Vatos from Oldie, so they would cruise by. And, and by then, you know, my mind starts working. And, you know, I'm five, I'm getting older, and I, that was my hook. That was my recollection for in 79, moving, you know, going to the house for the first time. And That's awesome. Yeah. What was your first lowrider? Mine? Yeah. Was a, a 78 El Camino that I started working on and it got stolen down in Tijuas. No. <laughs> yeah. Dude, the same thing happened to me. I had a 16. My first car was a 69 Dodge Dart. Yeah. I, I took it to get painted white pearl. Yeah. And then I brought it home. The next morning, it was gone. I still hey, think it was geez. the painter. I, I, I had still think it was the painter that took it. No shit. <laughs> I had an appointment at Red's Hydraulics for the following week, and I had just bought a Monte Carlo, but I hadn't picked it up yet. So we went to TJ to go party at one of the halls. Yes, they came out all drunk. And this is when you could ride people in the back, you know, like stories. Yeah. And you could drive drunk, and you were Yeah, cool. <laughs> it was like the early 90s, you know what I mean? Yes, they... We get out of the hall, bien pedos, and, you know, I start, because I, I pulled up, dropped everybody off, and I went and parked. Well, we start walking to the car, and I'm, they're like, where's your car? I'm like, fuck, they stole it. And they're like, that's pedo, away and this and that. And I just, I, I threw my keys, and I grabbed those big-ass rock, and I threw it on a windshield, and the owners were no. there. And there was, like, an older couple, right? And um, The owners man. of the car or the owners of the venue? <laughs> the owners of the car. <laughs> oh, oh, no. And they're like, hey, que paso, amigo? And I just, hey, start, pas- I just start going off on them, you know what I mean? And, uh. And so that's when my friends realized that they had stolen my car. But I already had the appointment. Like, on Sunday, I was going to... On Sunday, I picked up the, my Monte Carlo. On Monday, I was supposed to drop off the El Camino at Reds. Oh, man. So it was like, I showed up like a dumbass on Monday. I was like, hey, homie, I ain't got no more El Camino. Yes, they... I mean, that night was all bad. I We ended up getting jumped on at the border. Like, we walked for, like, three miles to get to the border. Then we still got our... I asked what we got into a fight. They busted my lip, you know, ended up with no car. But it's part of the street life, you know what I mean? I was, like I said, I was, I was I was involved in it and, you know, I was part of it. Yeah. yeah. Wild times, dude. Yeah, it was crazy times. Living in living, uh, border town through the 80s and the 90s and going to party and doing yeah. that, it was just wild times, man. Yeah. And then just going back to who you are now, uh-huh. like what was it that, that drew you to counseling or like what was it something that happened or? How'd you know that was it? You know what? Um, exactly what happened. I I went when my wife graduated from uh, from high school, and she was gonna no actually she she was finishing up city college, and she was transferring to state, and this is why I always tell people that education is a long term investment. Yeah, you you don't get your you don't see the fruit of your labor right away, so a few years had happened already right had passed by and and um. So we're at City College. She's getting her transcripts, and there's a person behind me, and it's this girl. You know, and we turn around, and she's like, oh, my God, Mr. Flores. And she's a full-grown woman now, you know what I mean? And my girl at the time, she's like, who the fuck is this? <laughs> right? And I'm like, I'm like, oh, what's up? I'm like, and I asked her, I go, I'm sorry, who are you? And she tells me, well, this student, when she was in middle school, she was addicted to meth. Oh, damn. And she was, like, prostituting herself. And, I mean, an eighth grade, ninth grader, you know what I mean? And she was like on the verge of dropping out. I, I was constantly having to track her down. 
Y este, so I asked, you know, she asked me, what are you doing here? I was like, oh, I'm here with my girlfriend. She's getting her transcript. I like, well, what are you doing here? And she said, I'm here to enroll in college. Wow. And she said, thank you. And I was like, it hit me. And that's when I realized I had made an impact. And I was like, I was like, all right, this is what I want to do. This, this is me. This is my passion. I, I want to help students. And you can't help them all, but my focus is help those that are most vulnerable, those that fall through the cracks. And that's just one story out of, like, dude, so many stories dude, that after I hear. 20, after 28 years, I mean, it's like I lost track of how many students I've worked with. You know, some of them have become successful. Some of them have passed away. Some of them ha are, are doing life. Some of them have been in and out of the system. But you know what? I've treated them all the same, and I've been fortunate that they all have the same respect for me. Yeah. Um, we had like the vista. She was a former student of mine. You know, she brought me to tears when she shouted out uh, the Dalegas Confidentials and the, the Vinothon because I felt it came full circle now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like we brought her here to, you know, expose her and, and show her work. And here she is now, you know, helping us out. Yeah. Right. And uh, I, I, I got it. She's going to hear this, but I, I got to call her and let her know. She did bring me to tears. You know what I mean? Este, Comparne is another one. He wasn't one of those in trouble, but we bonded. We, we started a relationship. We became family. We see each other as brothers now. We're compadres. And here he is, a businessman, a successful mechanic, a, su a successful lowrider builder, you know what I mean? And, uh, you, you know, know, I take pride in saying that was my student. Jose Luis, too, right? Jose Luis. Uh, uh, president? Uh, uh, no, he, I met him through Joni. Um, one of the persons that I didn't work directly with, but I still have pride in saying that that was my former student is David Alvarez, who was our council member for uh, District 8. Wow, he was your student? He was at Memorial when I started yeah. working there. I didn't work with him directly because he wasn't that student in need. But I'll claim them, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> because, you know, they were enrolled when I was working there. And if I helped, I helped them somehow indirectly. Hell yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, the principal at San Diego High. She's another former student. She was on her A game, so but she was one of what they call monitors. Remember when they had those student yeah. monitors that would help out? <laughs> and so she would help. Like yeah, a hall, like a hall monitor. Like a hall monitor. Oh, yeah, okay, okay. right, right. <laughs> and, you know, and, and, and I don't was just, one of those. He knows all about it. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> he wore the vest. <laughs> <laughs> and and I don't discriminate. You know, I mean, I got some that have done a couple bins, and you know, I mean, two strikers, and they're out. Yeah. I have a good friend of mine who runs a crew. He's a foreman now for a sanitation company. Nice. who's been like busy 24 7 with all this COVID shit and he's like on call he's like always working and we rarely talk because he's so busy running crews in san diego and la and in arizona wow you know that's what I mean? awesome. and it's like and i treat them all the same i always try to try to treat them with respect you know what i mean and but yeah that's that that was my turning point i was like this is it that's awesome this is it yeah and then what so now talking about the dalega scholarship yeah i remember that that's probably around the time that you were you were doing one of your events and I, I donated some stuff and you, right. you shared like what that's all about. Uh-huh. What what made you want to do that? So when when I entered my master's program, uh I think it was like intro to counseling or something, they're like the professor was like, come up with a concept that you feel would help to raise a help a student and or you could inspire them to raise their, their grades and do better in school. And um, so I thought about it, and I figured, well, what if you, you know, all the scholarships are, are, are geared towards students that are 3.0 and above. You know what I mean? If you're 3.0, between the 3.0 and 4.0, you can qualify, so you can search them and apply. 
if you're 4.0, they're probably giving it to you. They're offering it to you. So, you know, I, I saw the need in these kids, those, those marginalized, those ones in the middle that nobody thinks about. Because, you know, we focus energy on the ones that are at risk of failing. Yeah. Because by law, we have to help them. So we got to not just uh, gear funding, but energy towards them. And then, of course, we focus a lot of energy on those that are on the top tier. So we forget about the middle bracket. I was one of those kids, right? You know what I mean? My my counselor, I met him three times when I got into a fight, when I got arrested, and when I enrolled. She never mentioned college, career, nada. You know what I mean? I was on my own. And um, so I, with the scholarship, I, I wrote that fictitious you know, paper. So it was just an assignment. It was just an assignment. It, yeah, it was just an assignment. And, and, and the premises of was offering a scholarship to middle school, I mean, yeah, to middle school schoolers going into high school because I realized that it's too late to apply to scholarships when you're a senior because it's a whole process. You got to learn how to write essays. You got to learn how to ask for letters of recommendation. I mean, it's a whole process. Yeah. So you got to learn that early on because as a senior, if you're doing, learning that process, you're going to get overwhelmed. So I figured we, sh we offer it you know, I, to middle schoolers going into high school like that. They start learning the process and make it incentive-based. So uh, incentive-based is if you, if you graduate with a, between a 2.0 and a 2.89, and you enrolled in a post-secondary, you know, educational system, whatever it is, you know, you get X amount. And if you graduate with a 3.0, you get a, a bigger increment. And if you nice. graduate, you know, and this is all in the, in the fictitious assignment, right? And if you graduated with a 4.0 or above and you prove that you enrolled and all that, it would be a different amount. Mm. After I presented that and the, the professor was asking me if I was going to do it, I was like, well, no, nah, I thought it was just an assignment. <laughs> and he started telling, you know, telling me to do it. And, and a couple of months went by. I ran it by some people. I shared it with Javier, the X-Man. I think I shared that with you, I think, back then. You know, in the Daragas? Yeah. yeah. It, it, didn't, it didn't have a name yet. I was just like, hey, you know, I'm thinking of starting a scholarship. What do you think? And um, so then once it, it, it formalized, you know, um, that's when, when the amounts came on. We said if, you, if they graduate with a 2.0, it's 250. If they graduate with a 3.0, it's 350. And if they graduate with a 4.0, 4 it's 500. Nice. And like that, they see they're like, okay, I can be mediocre and just get the 250, right? Or I can get an extra 100 bucks if I go up to 3.0, right? Yeah. Or I can be greedy and get the 500. But by then, see, it's, it's psychology because now you're being greedy and you want the 500, but now people are going to offer you money. Yeah. So my thing was like, I'm giving you the keys to the yard of the property with that 2.0 uh, or the Dalegas, um, right? If you get the 2.0. But if you get the 3.0, you get the keys to the house. And if you get the 4.0, you get the keys to your own private bedroom. Mm. You know Genius. I mean? You know what I mean? And, and, and the name came about from a conversation with Javier where we were at the studio and he... Uh, I was leaving, and we were like, Ora, rato, ora, and I said, Ora, dale gas. and he started rolling, <laughs> and he's like, oh, your tios cochinos say that, and I was like, yeah, they used to say that, and of course, we know how, you know, it would, it would be used, but as I drove home, <laughs> you know, I thought about it, and I pulled a biggie on it, you know, and I turned a negative into a positive, because they are words of encouragement. Yeah. They're words of encouragement, they're words of empowerment, you know, they're, wor they're congratulatory, congratulatory words, so that's how it came about. Wow. Yeah. That's some history right there. Yeah. 
Yeah, Dale Gas. Dale Gas. I trip out when people call it that. I, yeah. I get it. Maybe you don't speak Spanish, but the yeah. first time I heard that, I was like, Dale Gas. Ooh, ooh, yeah. Dale yeah. Gas. And, and, I, and, and I get it. Cool. You can joke about it, but um, for four years, we offered it at Memorial, right? And every year, the, the vice principal that would present me to present it to, you know, to the kid, the recipient, she would always say Dale Gas. And I would like, <sighs> and my mom was like, bitch. No. <laughs> It's fucking Dale Gas. It's like I come every year to present it to you and the kids. Yeah, you should have hyphenated it. Or I did, <laughs> and it was like I the last year I, I even uh, I how do they call it? I phonetically spelled it yeah, out. Yeah. D A H. You know what I mean? And and she still butchered Dale. it. But I I Dale D A H L A Y. Yes. Whatever. She retired. You know what I mean? Dale Gas. You know, shame on you on the first one, second one, whatever. You know what I mean? And regardless. I was getting the message across. Yeah. And uh, unfortunately, last year we couldn't do it. So I donated proceeds to uh, Cruise for the Cause because, you know nice. what? My intention with those kids, if they're able to get to their cancer treatments, they're going to be able to get, get well. They're going to be able to become students. And hopefully they'll be able to become professionals or access scholarships, right? Yeah. yeah. So that's what we did last year since we, because COVID. Um, and, and so you offer it to middle school students going into high school. Yes. And then you track them through high school. Like did those I, incentives, is that actually what you do now? Or was right. So, so the incentive, so they get awarded, but the payout doesn't happen until they get till they graduate. Nice. You know what I mean? So they have that. So they have four years to work up to, to do it, their thing, to maximize it. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I would like to track it. And I know we talked about this, but. If they show me the last uh, report card, that's going to tell me if, where they're at. You know what I mean? That's if they awesome. If they improved or they stayed at the 2.0. And you know what? If you stayed at the 2.0, cool. It's all right. Yeah. Some yeah. people are okay with just cruising with that. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and you know what? I got through high school. Yeah. I, I, cruised, I, I coasted it. through it because I, 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 at the time when I graduated, you could graduate with a 1.5. So I graduated with a 1.5. Uh, I'm not ashamed to say it because I did it on purpose. But I know I could do better. I mean, I, well, what I, do you mean you did it on purpose? Because I just did the bare minimum to prove people wrong <laughs> that I wasn't going to die, I wasn't going to drop out, and I wasn't going to end up in jail. Yeah. So I did but the bare 1. minimum. At 1.5, that's like bare minimum. is like you wrote your name on uh -huh. your assignments and yeah. turned it in, no? Yeah, but that's how it was. You know what I <laughs> mean? But when I graduated with my master's, um, yeah. I graduated with a 3.33. He made up for it. That's right. With my BA, I got a 3.0. With my master's, I got a 3.33. And um, that's I, awesome. I probably could have pushed the 4.0, but I was, I mean, with four kids, yeah, full time job, DJ, all that. Yeah. Yeah. How, how did, did you find it. balance for all that? Uh, the home support, family support, the wife. I mean, she understood. You know, she, she, had, she had already done her She thing, had already right? done her thing. And even when I was the doing. The wife, he has a master's also? She also has a master's. Wow. Yeah. So I was going to tell you that, that when, uh, when I was in the middle of my BA, she went back and got her master's. So she got her master's in 2006. Question for you. How hard are you on your kids to continue their education? Because I'm both of you have a master's, so it, yeah. it's can't, it can't be easy, I, I'm right? not. I'm not. I, I, uh, I'm allowing them to grow and follow their, their, their dreams. Their the dream, yeah. Uh, I'm fortunate. Like, I'll support them in whatever as long as it's not illegal. You know what I mean? Because I'm at the age where I don't need to be doing prison time. Cause I don't have the time for that, you know what I mean? Yeah. But um, I'm fortunate. My older son, he he's done with high school. He's officially graduated. He just has to participate in June. 
but he's gotten accepted to several schools. Um, Davis, uh, UCSD, San Diego State. Uh, Let's kind of make you guys super proud. Though. Yeah, and you know what? Getting <laughs> and 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 it's not because we don't care or we don't. I don't want to force them because you know there's a whole generation. Think about it. There's all these people that that are opening breweries and restaurants that are like middle age or older, and they had careers in finance, careers in education, careers in politics, but they were probably forced into those careers because their parents were doing that. Yeah. And you know, the, in the olden days, tienes que hacer lo que yo hago. Soy doctor, so you're going to be a doctor. But a lot of those people, they were like, I was tired of my career. And look at me now, I'm running a restaurant and I'm loving life. Yep. Yeah. Do you, you know you, what I mean? Like, do you, ever, you know the story about Slow Mo? You guys know what Slow Mo is in, in uh, Mission Bay? The, the, he's like an older man. He's probably like in his 70s. They've done like hella documentaries on him. And, yeah. he, like, and he goes in slow motion and skates. You guys oh, never seen him? I know who you're talking about. I've never heard info on him, but I know who you're talking Dog, about. You got to watch the story on him because he was like one of the top surgeons in the world. Yeah. And uh, he's like, you know, I just want to live life. I'm, I did yeah. that. I, and people want him back because like he's when whatever he specializes in, he's like top three right. in the world or whatever. Yeah. Uh -huh. And he's like, yeah, but you could be saving lives. He's like, yeah, but this is just what I want to do. Like, it's yeah. like the, the actor in, uh, um, in Braveheart and Mel Gibson. Hangover. <laughs> no, hangover, the hangover. Which one? Oh, um. The, the, uh, the Asian the, the Chinito guy yeah he, he was a doctor and then went into, into acting. acting for real I mean, he, was comedy. A, yeah, he was a doctor he went into comedy and, and then well, he does look like a doctor huh yeah. Dr. Chapitin <laughs> right but it's interesting right like I, I think we all fall, follow a path like, right like your story right yeah. like you your brother got you in and yeah. here you are 28 yeah. years later still right and I'm loving it, it. And, and people will ask me when, you know at what age are you going to retire and I'm like I just had this conversation with my older son because we were talking about college and he still hasn't decided. Yeah. Um, so we were talking about that and, and he, uh, he was thinking, well, I want to retire at this, at this age. He's like, when do you think you're going to retire? Like, I'll probably die at work because <laughs> I'm loving, I'm, I love what I do. I love being a school counselor. Yeah. I love DJing. My, I, I, did, I, I have a messed up bag, but if I can continue DJing while well, well, people provide the equipment and I just show up with my music, I'll keep on doing it. You know what I mean? Uh, I was contemplating on retiring from DJing last year, and I was going to celebrate it as my 30th anniversary and just call it somewhat quits, but still be involved with the community and do other stuff. But um, I've had a lot of downtime, a lot of time to reflect with the family and, and enjoy time with the family, and you know I'm not ready to call it quits yet on it. Dang, it's yeah, tough. So Wait. I'm either gonna die on a desk or on a turntable, <laughs> <I hope. laughs> or a, or a turntable on top of a desk, or, or inside, <laughs> or or or, a, or in a lowrider. I don't know. Oh, oh man! All, <laughs> All right. right, you're gonna die in your lowrider carrying your desk when you turn table. <laughs> <in the back. laughs> oh, oh damn! That's right. awesome, hey, uh, man. Question for you guys, man. This yeah. is kind of morbid. You guys uh, thought about how you guys want to get buried or cremated or what happens to you to you after you once you pass? I did a I did a I commercial for for uh, uh, for a funeral for a funeral home for a more yeah. uh, for a cemetery uh -huh. and I, it got it got me thinking a lot about life dude for Greenwood or something yeah. you, you, you know um, I I haven't said this to no one and and I'm gonna make it public right now and damn <laughs> but um, before I was like yeah, I want to be buried you know what I mean you know I and uh, we have we, we have a, a plot but um, so you already bought the plot. We're buying it, yeah. It's there. But about in four or five years ago, um, what year was it when you asked me to drive around uh, Two Life Crew? Oh, damn. <laughs> so, 
was a couple years ago. It was like four years ago. Yeah, four five years. Five. Ago. Well, anyways, that weekend my primo passed away. He, he primo by you know primo. In, he's married to my prima. Primo hermano, is that what you call yeah, him? Primo, no. Um, I don't primo know. I just called him primo. Primo, in in law. primo, you know, primo in law. Primo ñado. No, este, but primo you know, ñado. he he passed away, and uh, you know, he we were the same age. I think he was like ten days older than me, or something. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Real cool dude. We wouldn't see each other often, but when we would kick it, you know what I mean? It was a good time. And uh, my prima, her dad, her parents are my godfathers, my godparents, and so I was with them a lot. We I grew up with them. So anyways, he passed away, and um, I was at his services, and I was just, like, checking out the scene, and, like, it seemed like a party scene, and I would, I would simply say, yo, you know, if I die, pichi funeral, pichi pachanga, but I was there, and people were like, hey, ya comiste, si que, la, que, hey, que la comiste bien buena, and, and I was like, some of these motherfuckers just came to eat, <laughs> show some respect, like, you walk in, and you're fucking over there grubbing, come and, you know, pay your respects first, you know what I mean, and so, long story short, um, I w- I'd rather be donated or not even claimed, Dones. For real? Yeah, and not even announced. Like that, if if if, if those that heard about it, heard about it, and, and if 10 years from then, you show up to my house or you ask about me and they tell you, like, how come nobody told me that? Because I'm not going to make it public. I'm just going to go and, you know what I mean? Let it ride. What that, a that's, that's that's how I, I, I've been feeling about it. You know what I mean? And so, so cremated, buried, or? No. He said nothing. No, wait. Fucking donate me. Fucking leave me in the morgue. I don't give a fuck. Just, well, just they have to take your body somewhere. They could sell wait, me. So you, you, you wouldn't want to be celebrated? Like your life be celebrated by people that love you? N- yes and no. And it, this is going to ha- sound harsh, but I don't want hypocrites there. Because mm. people are going to show up and be like, yeah, he was feeding me. And it's like, no, motherfucker, be real. Yeah, I got an attitude. Yeah, I could be a dick. Say I've it. never seen you be a dick or an attitude. <laughs> I know. Ever, bro. But ever. Exactly. Be, think about it. Come, <laughs> ever. Have you ever gone to a funeral and somebody comes up and like, yeah, I, I knew so-and-so. And, man, he was a fucking jerk. He never wanted to buy me a beer. Like, have you ever heard that? Yeah, I have. Have You, you have? But yeah. they're rare, right? Yeah, it's rare, rare. It's yeah. rare. It's but I don't want people to come and say fake th- shit. Things that they don't mean. Yeah. Things that they don't mean. I don't. Oh, dude. So, so, so maybe, so maybe, <laughs> I know it sounds harsh, dude, but I, I'm at that point in life in that state of mind where, you know, I mean, if, if I'm still around and you yeah. go, I'm going to have a party for you. Yeah, yeah I'm going to invite bro. everybody. See? I'm going to tell everybody, everybody, come <laughs> tell the truth. You bring the barbecue like, fuck him. We're going to do whatever yeah, we want for him. That's right. He ain't around to tell us no. And I, I, I it's it's scared, most likely knowing my wife or my family, they're, they're not going to give kids, a fuck. kids, man. They're not going to give a fuck what I say. They're still going to bury me. And, you know, like, I don't want them spending money on flowers because it's going to go to waste. It's like, you know what I mean? It's like, oh, don't worry, bro. I'll take them and give them to the chick. Look at all these roses I got you. you walk away with the floreros and all that. Hey, where you going with that? But, uh, you know, it's like just, you know, celebrate me somehow. But, you know, what I mean, it doesn't have to be where where there's a lot of fakeness, because like yeah. I said, like that day and maybe they were feeling it. That was their way of, of, of showing their their hurt. You know, what I mean, but I don't know. I just it really it really hit me hard that day. And I was like, I'm sitting there by myself in the way in the back. And it's like, dude, you used to you went to high school with this guy. And you just showed up and you went straight to the food table. You know what I mean? Like you haven't even gone to console his wife, his his parents, his 
in-laws, his kids, nada. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. man, you're stuffing your face. I was like, I thought that was so fucking disrespectful. <laughs> I, I, like, I like the celebration part, though. At least in my family, that's how they do it, you know? You know, they, maybe a fucking nice cruise, you know what I mean? There you go. But Cruise you around. But, uh, you know what I mean? I, I, I wouldn't want, like I said, I, I don't want hypocrisy. The yeah. one thing that I seen uh, a couple of months ago, and I was like, "What the hell?" Yeah. They they wrapped and uh, he was like, uh, "I did my research on him because I was like, well, I've never seen this before." And I looked him up, and he had, yeah. I think he was the mayor of OB, like mm-hmm. not like officially, right? But right. He was yeah, like, the, like the distinguished he, mayor. He was that that man, you know, in yeah. OB. Well, I watched him. I, they took him out. I, this whole entire time, I was just sitting down catching sunset, uh-huh. and I watched a, a boat take off with just a bunch of people, and then they stopped in the middle of nowhere, and they threw they 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 threw something in the ocean. Yeah. I was like, "What the hell?" Exactious. So they came back. No, nah, bro, trip out him? on this. No, trip out on this. They came back, and they said that it was something special where they mummified him. Okay, they wrapped him up in like a special uh, cloth, uh-huh. and they threw him in the ocean for the fish. He was a surfer. Yeah, so that was his burial. They threw him in the ocean. His oh, whole shit. body, his whole entire body. Oh wow! Yeah, I That's was legal? tripping on that. Uh, yeah, it's legal because so what happens when you pass away? Your body is, you know, once you pay whatever you pay, the morgue and whatever I don't uh-huh. know, whatever you got to pay, the bodies you do whatever you want with the body. The body's yours. You can. Bury I know there was somebody like in the Midwest that got buried in their car. You could get buried in their backyard. Oh yeah, the, the yeah. old man in the Cadillac. How about uh-huh, the guy yeah, in, the the motorci- the ca- in the motorcycle where yeah. he's popping the wheelie? <laughs> The awkward, the, the awkwardness was that they died in that motorcycle, and they buried him. So when he was doing his uh, viewing, he was standing up, popping a wheelie on his on his motorcycle. Yeah. You guys never watched it? No. Oh, dude. I used to be my thing. I in the Cadillac. I used to joke around that yeah. when I go, I want to be mummified and just put on the couch right yeah. there in my living room. So if you want to come visit me, come. What do they call when they stuff the animals? I, what was it called? Uh, the tur- taxidermy, or what's it called? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I well, see that. I had bro, seen in Mexico, that, that Salvador yeah. Dali. Where where he he, I don't know if this is true. I remember seeing yeah. this when I was a kid. But that, like, there's a, a place where you go and he's like in a vitrina, like uh-huh. you can see. I've seen that in Mexico. Oh no shit! Right? Not yeah. Dali, not not him. But I've seen that with like this little girl that was like a Santa or something. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's in, yeah, uh, yeah, in a uh, church. the Mexican. Uh, is it Guadalajara the Mexican? Guadalajara, Guadalajara. Yeah. And you go in and she's like in a little vitrina. Yeah, yeah. It's I thought about that, but recently yeah. I was talking. I think when I was in Sacramento visiting yeah. my in-laws, uh-huh. and we were talking about that, and I, I think now I'm leaning more towards just get turned into ash and yeah. you know do whatever yeah. you and, want. And on, like I said, buried is expensive. That's him, oh, that's him in sure. a motorcycle, bro. Oh, shit. Look at his viewing. I don't know if you can see that far, but that's him. Oh, wow. That's his wow. body in a motorcycle. That's crazy. Can you see from <laughs> six feet away? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got that 2020 vision. All these 2020. But, uh, you know, that's that's where I'm at right now. That's my state of mind yeah. in regards to that right now. And like I said, most likely my wife's going to be like, fuck him. Yeah. We're going to bury his ass. I'm, a, I'm I mean? also trying to we didn't pay for that for nothing. For at least, yeah, right. At least 100 or more. Dude, that's my grandmother my lived to be 106. She passed away last year. My, that old grumpy lady, though, yeah. man, she didn't care for us. My so my grandma on, on my <laughs> on my dad's side, she passed away December 2019. She was gonna be 100 this May. What? Wow! So she she was gonna be she, got she died on her way to be 99. Yeah. Damn. So she missed COVID. Nice. Yeah, it, and I'm I, I mean, it might sound bad and family whoever hears this, sorry, but I think it might have been the best. Yeah. Uh, I mean, she just—I think she was just tired, and she like she fell asleep one day, and that was it. You know, there was little medical issues, but it was yeah. overall it was just natural cause. Wow. She, she fell asleep. She didn't suffer. She didn't suffer. Yeah. And um. Good. Yeah. December December twenty fourth, twenty nineteen. So she, COVID was already kicking around, but it wasn't public yet. 
so she missed all that and you know maybe it was for the best that yeah that wow. she passed away before all that you know what i mean i think that's the one only thing yeah. i do hope for is that when i go it's it's like that right yeah. you went to sleep one night and that was it just comfortably yeah i want to be in pain or suffering yeah with my the Ooh, quality of my breathe. life you know yeah like as long as my life till the end i i, I can do my thing and i'm not yeah struggling or on support or you know I yeah. don't want to live like that. It's tough, man. Yeah, it, 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 um, it's tough, man. But you know, we all we all gotta pack up and go someday, right? That's right. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's circle life, and you know. Do you it, think there's a up like upstairs and downstairs though? Um, uh, <laughs> I feel like we live in hell. Like, what could be worse than we live in hell? We, uh, we, bro, we. There's a I, lot of madness in this planet. It, it, yeah, so we, all, we already way. done bad. If there is, I think uh, I have a, a one a first a class b- ticket <laughs> downstairs. Uh, I think everybody would have one, one <laughs> Whoa, ticket. Whoa, take it easy, yeah. man. But who knows? Maybe <laughs> at, maybe you, you can redeem yourself. I don't know. I, I I've uh, I'm not gonna incriminate myself, but I've done some stuff I'm not too proud of. Yeah. Uh, but I will say that I I don't regret anything that I've lived through. And if the question comes up that if I went back, would I do it all over again? Yes, I would, because yeah. it's made me who I am. And yeah. it, it has made me not just the person, but the professional and the human being. Yeah, yeah. man. When times. I think your your story is just so it's beautiful, right? Like yeah. all the things that you've been through and then yeah. to be in the position you are yeah. to, to give back right. to the community through right. your scholarship. Right. Through everything that you do in, yeah. in school and, you know, with your family and just in the community at large through music and the low riding yeah. scene. And and you know what? And I, it, it's not just me. It, it's a support system. Like I said, I'm blessed to still have my parents that support me and in the ventures that I have. I mean, they'll come out to the I'll post up a toy, a toy drive that I'm not even hosting or I'm not even part of. I'm just reposting it and they'll show up and donate. They, they're on social media? They are. They're Dang, on Facebook. Dang, that's awesome. Wow. They're on Facebook. Bro. <laughs> so I can't fuck around. No, awesome. like, they're on social media, and I, 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 I gladly accept, uh, you know, accepted their friendship on, on oh, Facebook. You know what I mean? Oh Do you God. think twice about it? Hell no. <laughs> I, I don't <laughs> add any of my tias and my mom. Nah. I wouldn't add my Because everything that I do, you know, my social yeah. media is pretty much overall for promotional purposes. That, there is, are some that things, is PG. You know what I mean? That's PG. And <laughs> there are some stuff that is... That is maybe a little more uh, 18 and over. You know what I mean? For example, o- over the weekend, there was a photo shoot at the shop. And uh, I was picking up the system, the equipment, the sound system. And there was a girl in a bikini with a fur coat. And I asked uh, a friend of mine. I gave him my phone. I gave him a sticker that says Dale Gaza. I'm like, hey, ask her if she'll take a picture with it. Mind you not, we don't know who they are. They showed up and they asked if they could take it. like professional photography, whatever. And uh, so he took it, and then I showed it to Commander, to Miguel. He's like, yeah, wait, but you can't use it because it's for, uh, for the scholarship. How are you going to show that? And I'm like, well, what do they want to go to modeling school? <laughs> wow. You never know. <laughs> uh, you know what I mean? I'm, I am going to post a picture. Ooh, I, and it's not. It, it, she's in a bikini with a fur coat, so she's showing a lot of skin, but it's not nudity. You know what I mean? If you look at it as art. And like I said, what if they want to go to modeling school? What if they want to go to fashion school? Whatever they want to go to a photography school, whatever, you yeah. know what I mean? Because that's, to summarize the, the scholarship, that's what it's for. For whatever you want to do, as long as you pursue your post-secondary education. You want to go to trade school, use it. You want to go to university, use it for parking, use it for books. 
Yeah. You want to go in the military? Use it for a flight home or use it for a flight so you could fly your mom to see you graduate from boot camp. Dang, that's awesome. You know what I mean? For whatever it is, as long as you're enrolled and you're going to post-secondary education. That's beautiful, Hell man. Hell yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. That's a good note to end on. Yeah, yeah. man. Uh, we're, and we got to have like a part two with Weicho. Oh, uh, a part two yeah. with all of us. I mean, it's like, it's so, so much. And, and we were summarizing season one, you know what I mean? And yeah, it's like, it's been awesome. I, I hadn't, honestly, I hadn't think, I hadn't thought of season two when we started until we hit, uh, I think, I think we'll, when we put you on the hot seat, that's when I started, you know, you know, looking up for some people for season two, because yeah. I think it's important that we continue. Yeah, man, it's very important. So stay tuned, folks, because we, there's already some people Coming lined up. Back. That's what it is, man. Uh, well, again, that's uh, wrapping it up, volume 13. Uh, we're officially wrapping up season one of the Lotte Guys Confidentials, man. We've learned a lot. We've done a lot. Uh, very proud of what we've uh, accomplished, what we've yes. done. And, uh, man, my name is Beto Perez. You can find me on my Instagram, at Cali Burrito. And Chicle, you can find me on Instagram, Chicle79. And I'm with your neighborhood DJ. You can find me on uh, Instagram under your neighborhood DJ. But most importantly, you can find us and the Dalegas Confidentials on the Dalegas uh, page on Instagram. Which Just is Dalegas. Which is, yeah, at underscore Dale underscore Gas underscore. And the, the link's right on the bio. Uh, we are going to have the fundraiser, the Vinylthon, on June yeah. 26th. Stay yeah. tuned. Follow us. Check it out. Come out. Support. Have a good time. It's going to be a blast. And so far, you got three confirmed red DJs, right? You got Nora Vargas, who said he was going to be there. She said she's going to be there. So we, we got Johnny Be Good. Johnny Be Good. And actually, there's about four other DJs already already that have committed. You got Moni. Was Moni Luka one of them as well? Yeah, she's one of them. Um, I'll be we, there as well. We got Jesslo. Nice. We got uh, Cali Burrito. He jumped Cali on board. Burrito. I stayed King Ralph El Rafa. He DJs? He plays some of Los Lobos, and he says he wants to play a whole set of Los Lobos. I said, dude, you can play whatever He's gonna the fuck you bring, want. Bring one album and play the greatest hits. <laughs> and, and you know what? And I'm okay with that because yeah, yeah. that's part of the vinyl thon that, that we want to share our music because people are going to be there and be like, fuck, I hadn't heard that song in forever Yeah. because I don't play that song. Hey, is it going to be virtual? Is it going to be in person? It's going to be in person, but if we're able to do a virtual and there's someone from out of town that wants to do it, we're going to try and facilitate that. Ooh, but okay. the key is that it has to be all on vinyl. Uh, not that I'm discriminating against the digital music, but I figure, um, you know, we've, we've been playing records for a long time, so let's spin education in the right direction. Okay. And, and, and play those vinyls and share our music. All right. Yeah, you got to get yeah. Chicle up there. Yeah, yeah man. I was thinking I have some vinyls. Yeah, you got Cepillin? <laughs> Cepillin, yeah. Rest in peace, He's Cepillin. coming through with his Dolly Parton. Cool. <laughs> It's what? all good. Play Hank Williams. I don't care. Huh? Uh, Juan Gabriel, whatever you want. <laughs> whatever you want. Juan querido. Yeah, but you guys don't want to miss it. It's open format, so you're going to have a lot of stuff. I have uh, Mike from Mesa Paint who is going to do a house techno set. Okay. okay. Yeah, he's known for that, bro. Yeah. He's, he's actually a really old, he, he's he was old school DJ. Yeah, he was deep into yeah, that. Yep, so yep. he's going to do what, that. What so did he used to go by? D Mike? Uh, uh, Wonder Mike or something like that? I can't Kid, Kid Wonder? Kid Wonder, maybe. I don't oh, know. I'm, I'm yeah. bad with names. So he's old school, bro. Yeah. He's from the 90s for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So right. there's going to be a little bit of everything. And, of course, we'll have vendors out there. So yeah, come out, have a good yeah. time, get some good food, shop, and listen to some good music and party it up. That's yeah, June 26th, right? June 26th at the shop in Barrio Logan. Shop. And will you be charging cover? Somebody wants to There's going to be a up. cover. It's going to be a $10 uh, for 13 and over. It's, uh -huh. This is the first year we do it all ages. So they're 13 and under is going to be free. 
Uh, if you're 21 and over and you pay for your cover charge, you'll get a complimentary drink ticket. There you go. Ooh. Whether you want a 7-Up or a Coke or a water or a Diet Coke or a root beer or whatever. But right there it is. Drink, you know, just a little incentive. And a thank you for coming out. June 26th, yeah. man. Don't forget. So, again, that wraps up Volume 13, officially wrapping up Season 1 of the Lalegas Confidentials. And uh, thank you so much for uh, joining us. And uh, that's it. That's it. Right. Thank you. Lalegas. We'll see you soon next season. I love watching. We got to educate, not incarcerate. So the humanity will shine. Educate, not incarcerate. So the humanity will shine. Educate, not incarcerate. So the humanity will. Shine.